Welcome to the fourth episode of the Spooky Ookie Podcast. I'm your host, Ken. I want to thank you for tuning in. This episode, we're going to be discussing monsters and their betrayal in media and in literature, discuss the classic movie The Ring, play an ookie spooky game, and then finally I will be giving my guest a tarot reading. I would like to note that all podcast episodes are being recorded virtually, keeping all of my guests safe and in their own homes. This episode, my co-host is not only a bookworm, a Harry Potter trivia champion, an avid city biker, and a fiercely intelligent, dynamic supernova of a woman, but she's also one of my friends. Please welcome to the podcast, Paige Youngerman. Excited to be here. It's my my second time being on a podcast, so it's exciting. Is yeah, it? my oh. first time was our, our friend Mitch's podcast. So. Mitch Cast, which you guys should also check out because um, he hasn't uploaded an episode in a long, long time. But um, Paige is a guest on it, and I'm a guest a few times as well. It's a good podcast. Definitely worth checking out. Um, I can't believe this is only your second one. I would think that you'd be on like some sort of Harry Potter related podcast with like, um, you know, your group of friends who I, you belong to a book club in the city for Harry Potter, right? Yeah, I mean, I used to lead a Harry Potter book club, but now I'm just a, I've been demoted to just being a normal member. But, you know, I, okay. that, I am a pretty hardcore Harry Potter nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, uh, before we kind of jump into anything, do you have like any stories about, you know, paranormal experiences that you might have had in the past? Well, my apartment in college, at the time, my roommate and I were both convinced that it was haunted. In uh-huh. retrospect, I think it was probably not haunted. I think it was just a mix of us freaking ourselves out about things and also my roommate playing pranks on me um, to make me think that it was more haunted than it was. Oh, but okay. there were some weird things that happened there. The weirdest incident being um, it was a house that was converted into two apartments. Mm. So my friend and I lived on the first floor, and then we were friends with the girl who lived on the second floor by herself. She didn't have any roommates. Yeah. So she would come down and hang out with us. So all three of us were hanging out downstairs, and we just heard heard a huge crash up in her apartment. Like it sounded like a huge piece of furniture fell over. So oh. they went upstairs then and nothing had happened. Like there were nothing had fallen over. There was no one there. So that was, that was the the <sighs> one thing that happened that really could never be explained. Um, so maybe it was haunted. Yeah. Just on the level above you and not the, uh, <laughs> Oh, just her apartment. Well, yeah. <laughs> this person also got bitten by a bat in the night in her apartment. So maybe it was just the upstairs apartment that was haunted. <laughs> Wait, no, like she got, she did get bit by a bat in her apartment. Yeah. She woke up and the town that I went to college in a lot of the old houses there had bat problems. Okay. Um, but she woke up one morning and she had like some kind of bite. So she went to the doctor and they're like, we can't be a hundred percent sure, but we think that's a bat bite. You need to get rabies shots um, <sighs> just in case. And then she like had to fight with our landlord to get our landlord to pay for the rabies shots because rabies shots are really expensive. Oh my God. Well, I have a follow up question to that. <laughs> did you guys like leave the windows open? How did the bat, the bat must've gotten into the apartment to bite her? No. Or well, so Again, I don't really know why this particular town had such a big bat problem, but like bats would just like live in the attics of old houses in this town. Like it was a, okay. it was a, it wasn't totally unusual to have a bat in your apartment or like in your house in this town. Um, but she's the only one that I knew who got bit. So, oh, and she didn't turn into a vampire or anything. <laughs> she did not turn into a vampire. The rabies shots were successful, so she didn't <laughs> get rabies. Um, oh. She just has a a weird story. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, I don't think a lot of people can say that they've been bit by a bat. So um, no, I don't think you want that because the rabies shots, like I said, are very expensive and also just not like they're not fun shots to get. So no, and I'd also just be terrified if I didn't get to the hospital soon enough to get the rabies shots. So. Yeah, yeah, it's good she went. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, this week we're going to be talking about monsters. Um, you know them from the Swamp Thing to Bigfoot to uh, Leah Michelle Glee. Um, but 
we have these con- <laughs> I was trying for the joke there. I don't know if you caught it, but um, I give a, a soft chuckle. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, we have tons of examples of them in the media and in books. Um, often they're used to scare us or to present some sort of cautionary tale to us. Um, in literature, actually, the first example of a monster comes from the 19th century in Mary Shelley's uh, famous book, Frankenstein. Are you familiar with the story of Frankenstein, Paige? <laughs> I am, yes. I never read read Mary Shelley's novel, but I am familiar with the general story. Yeah, it's about a, a sapient creature that's created by this, like, mad scientist of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing about that book, just as, like, a fun factoid for people, is uh, the writer actually initially published it as a ghostwriter, and she published it when she was 18 years old. And it wasn't until she was 20 that she basically took credit for her work and said, yeah, that was my book. It was, like, after it being successful, um, she finally took ownership of the book itself, so. I didn't know that. Did you publish it under um, a male's name originally? I believe so. When I was looking it up, I was like, uh, this is strange. It was definitely not a female name. So I think it definitely probably was a male's name. But it, it's interesting that it took two years for her to mm-hmm. decide to claim her work. But I mean, yeah. it was a different time. So um, at least yeah. like she, at least it was a woman to do the first thing before. <laughs> and she's a trailblazer. And we stand trailbla- trailblazers on this podcast. So um with that being said, though, do you um, have, like, any monsters from your childhood that you were terrified of? Um, I don't know if I was terrified of any monsters in particular. I mean, I definitely remember there being moments when I was, like, a little kid of being, like, what if something's under my bed? Or, like, what if there's something in my closet? But I don't know that there was a, a specific monster necessarily um, that I was afraid of. Was uh, did there you- a specific monster that you were afraid of as a kid? Oh, yeah. Um, here's the thing about me, Paige, and also I guess this is a little uh, little story for my listeners here. My mom is a horror movie buff, and okay. every night before bed, she would watch a horror movie or like a thriller of some sort. And oh. obviously, as, as a child, I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I would sit down and watch these with her, and I would just be terrified the whole time because I really... <laughs> At, when it comes down to it, I really don't like scary movies. They freak me out because um, I get paranoid that, like, the things in the movies are going to actually come and get me. So um, one of the monsters I was terrified of, there was this franchise uh, that they still sort of make movies for every few years called Leprechaun. Do you know that franchise I've, at all? I've heard of it. Yeah, I never watched any of them. So it's, like, with Warwick Davis, who is in, like, Star Wars and a bunch of other things. Um, but he's basically, like, this evil leprechaun that's out to kill anybody who steals his gold or has any pieces of his gold. And there's tons of versions of it. It's like Leprechaun in Space. There's a lot of like ridiculous, spoofy, but still scary versions of this franchise. But um, just the idea of him, because he was like kind of, he had like this really warped looking face and he was scary Mm -hmm. and these razor sharp teeth and claws. Uh, When I was a kid, I was just terrified of him. And I, there was a scene in the very first movie where uh, the Leprechaun is like hiding in the cabinets in this kitchen that they're terrorizing this family yet. Um, Jennifer Aniston's in the very first movie. It was before she was like a big star, but um, this cabinet scene where he's like, like going from cabinet to cabinet, freaking them out. Like it freaked me out so much as a kid that I would go into the kitchen. Like if it was nighttime by myself, because I was just like terrified that he was in there. (laughs) Wow. That, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to dive into that that yet, but that was like, I feel like my experience with scary movies when I was a kid is that my parents would let my brother watch them and my brother's two years younger than me. Um, uh-huh. And so they kind of figured like nothing phased him so they could let him watch anything and it, it wouldn't freak him out. So I think my parents were kind of like, oh, well, if Lewis can handle them, like Paige is two years older than him, so she should be able to watch these. It'll be fine. So yeah. we'd both watch them and then I would be terrified and scarred for life. And he would just, he would be fine pretty quickly. I think both myself and my parents realized that that was not a good idea. And I would stop watching the scary movies with my brother, but yeah, I was definitely scarred before reaching that uh, realization. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the first movie you ended up watching like a scary movie that you watched that like really terrified you? Um, 
supposedly my brother and I were both really freaked out. I think me more so than him by gremlins, which I know isn't exactly a scary movie, but Mm -hmm. that's one that, yeah, I think my parents let us watch. Like they didn't realize what it was about. Really. They were just like, Oh, this will be a cute little kids movie. And then Mm -hmm. it what that's not exactly what it is. Um, so I do, I do kind of remember being freaked out by gremlins when I was really little. I think that was probably the first one. And yeah, I mean, just to break that down a bit, Gremlins is about like these, like, I guess you would call them pets, these like mogwas, I think that's what they were called. Oh, yeah. Like type of like uh, critter of sorts that they you can get underneath mysterious circumstances, but there's a set of rules that you have to follow. And if you don't follow them, uh, such as getting them wet, they turn into like these like reptilian like mm-hmm. cre- like creatures that are very terrifying so of course um i, I mean kudos to you because that is a scary movie especially <laughs> when you were a kid um i did have a cat though named after the the lead character because it was the good gremlin and his name was gizmo and my cat's name is gizmo and i That's think it's a cute, cute name yeah. I, well, now i like the movie see the thing is though my parents just saw the cute little fuzzy um are they still called gremlins when they're cute and fuzzy? Oh no, you just the magwas or yes, something. They like just that. saw the cute little fuzzy things and they were like, "Oh, cute! This movie will be appropriate for children." And then they showed it to me and my brother and didn't realize that they turned into gremlins. Um, yeah. <laughs> now I enjoy the movie. I would watch it now as an adult and be fine. But <laughs> yeah, there's like it's so strange though because when you watch it as an adult, you're like, "This is actually sort of like a comedy." It's it's a yeah. very funny film that doesn't really take itself too seriously, but it's still kind of creepy at the same it's time. It's a little creepy, but like lighthearted and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if you haven't already watched that movie, I definitely recommend you guys uh, give it a try because it is it is something it's for classic. sure. Yeah. And it's kind of uh, a Christmas movie too. It takes place at Christmas time, right? It does, or at least the second <laughs> one does, or the for there's a there's a sequel. Um watch both. I'm almost They're certain fun. it takes place at Christmas. I think there's like Christmas lights up and stuff. Yeah, and I, I think that there was some sort of yeah, there was some sort of Christmas montage, I believe, in the first mm-hmm. one. So I think it does line up. Maybe it was like a was it a was the gremlin a Christmas gift? Maybe. It, yeah, I don't remember. While. I'm fuzzy on the details, but it, it definitely has a Christmas Christmas uh, overtones. Yeah, <laughs> <overtones>. definitely. <laughs> um, and so, kind of moving on from that, uh, I think this is like the perfect time for us to segue into our movie discussion. Are you ready for it? I'm I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Okay, um, just to kind of give a little bit of uh, backstory for our listeners, uh, we this week watched The Ring, which came out in 2002. Um, it was a supernatural horror film directed by Gore Verbinski and starring Naomi Watts. I believe this was kind of younger in her career, too. Um, it was a remake of the 1998 Japanese horror film called The Ring as well, and based on a novel of the same name. Um, Watts portrays a journalist who investigates a cursed videotape that seemingly kills the viewers within seven days after watching it. Um, and the movie kind of starts up with this girl named Katie who is related to Naomi Watts' character um, who confesses to her friend that she watched this videotape and and subsequently dies in the process um, after seven days. Um, Her sister is a uh, she's a news reporter, correct? Yeah, she's a journalist. Journalist. I wasn't sure like exactly because there's some scenes where she's in like a TV studio type situation, but that could have just been like the journalism room. Um, anyways, uh, neither here nor there. Um, Katie starts out on this journey to investigate kind of what's going on and quickly um, she gets herself kind of in too deep. And let's kind of just dive in there. Uh, do you think that's a pr- appropriate, you know, summation of kind of what's going on in this movie? I think that's appropriate. I think, yeah, one key key point, which I don't think is really a spoiler, is that um, the whole premise is that if you watch this 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 movie, not the movie, um, The Ring, but like a, a short film within the movie, that if you watch it, you will die within seven days. After you watch yeah. it, you get a call saying that you have seven days, and then seven days later, you die. So that's kind of the the mm-hmm. creepy, haunted, um, spooky, scary thing in the in mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, and like it's kind of interesting because throughout the movie, um, this is sort of a spoiler, but not too much of a spoiler. But like anybody who's watched the uh, movie has like symptoms, like 
like supernatural mm-hmm. symptoms from it. Uh, like whenever you get your picture taken, it's like blurry when people look at it um, and some other things. So um, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, here, here's the thing about this movie. This movie came out at a time when horror films were, I mean, it was really past like the, you know, the child's play era where there was a lot of like serial killer type things, but this was unique because this was, um, in the early two thousands and it was really focusing on more so on like, uh, like, a like, a I don't know how to, how to describe it. It was more so like paranormally than just like someone trying to kill you it was uh, mm-hmm. there's there's like a lore behind it if if that makes any sense yeah it's yeah there's definitely another another layer to it and especially another layer like i remember watching it as a kid and being terrified because you see the the short you know film sequence in the movie of the thing like oh if you watch this you're gonna die in seven days so mm-hmm. there's definitely an element especially when you're a kid of like oh shit now i've seen it like am i gonna die is uh is someone yeah. gonna come kill me um so there's there's some of that element as well like you feel mm-hmm. like you're kind of part of the story or at least I did when I was you know eight no, <laughs> or definitely. however old I was yeah I mean I think that's I think that's like perfectly put um this movie is also really interesting because when you watch it especially if you like pay attention to the lighting and the art direction in the movie like it's always like this grayish bluish green mm-hmm. like tone so you never get like any sense of peace or like happiness in this film and you're like constantly in like that <laughs> Like dreary. I don't know if you felt that way, but I felt like yeah. I was like in a dreary slump the whole time I was watching it, which I think is like effective in in storytelling if you're really just trying to keep people on their toes. Yeah, it's very very creepy, very creepy uh, colors. Um, was was there any part of the movie you really wanted to talk about that really stood out to you? Um. Hmm. I don't know if there's any one part in particular. Definitely. I mean, yeah, playing the the sequence of the the film that you're supposed to die seven days later. Um, that's a, a really creepy element of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, so the the person that supposedly kills you is this, you know, girl that basically like climbs out of your TV. Yeah, her um, name's Samara. I think. Yes, yeah. Samara. And as a child, that particularly terrified me. Like, I don't, I was always scared then of the TV in my parents' basement. I don't know why the upstairs TV was fine, but the basement TV then scared me after that. Oh, um, I mean, that's just a general rule basement TVs basements. in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking about too then, um, like when thinking more about this movie this week. Um, so in college, actually, in my senior seminar class, I took a class called Surveillance Culture. And it was all about like different ways that were surveyed in society and whatever. It was a super interesting course. But yeah. for my final paper, I actually did um, some research that was also kind of like pertaining to horror films and scary movies and like the use of surveillance in some of those um, films and movies mm-hmm. and whatnot. But one thing that I did research on for my paper was that the things that scary movies are about or like scary books are they're usually kind of inspired by whatever people are afraid of at that time. Like there were a lot of Dracula, there's a lot of Dracula stuff that came out like during the AIDS epidemic because, you know, people were scared of like blood and like a blood, a disease that's in the blood. Um, It kind of goes along with that. So I was thinking about like what, what does the, the ring then like, what is it trying to say or what was it inspired by, by the, you know, era that it came out. So I was thinking maybe like, media, you know, that the, it comes out of a screen because definitely screens and like computers and whatever would have really been ramping up in the early 2000s. So some kind of fear of this, you know, screen and media, yeah, taking over, over society. Like being consumed by your consumption in a way because the media that you're taking in is killing you in the process. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if we're like getting too deep into that or not. I mean, it's an interesting way to think about it, though. You know, obviously it's all kind of open to interpretation, but I think it's an interesting lens to like look at horror books and films and think about, you know, if there's any Mm. connection between the the time period in which they were created and Mm. what they were about. Um, when you were watching the film, did you think that like the, the storytelling was, was like, uh, consistent or did you sort of feel like they were presenting things, but not really fully fleshing them out? Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, upon like reexamining it now as an adult, it didn't seem very fully fleshed out, and it also it didn't seem as scary to me. But mm-hmm. I think part of that might be yeah, it's it's an older movie, and some of the you know graphics and whatnot aren't as good as they they seemed in the early two thousands. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would agree with that that it didn't seem it didn't seem totally fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. But I was just gonna say I'm not sure if like. To be honest, I'm not sure how much of them I'm expecting of that, though, out of horror movies. Maybe I'm not giving the genre enough credit because it's not really my go-to genre. But I am I guess I'm thinking of, like, jump scares and, like, wanting to spook the audience and maybe not focusing so much on, like, the finer plot points and how everything fits together. Yeah. I'm. What do you? Why do you think people are so drawn to consuming, like, horror and thriller, like, uh, media forms? Like, what, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think people enjoy being scared what what do you think it is? I mean, yeah, I do think there's an element of people like being scared, which I sort of get. You know, I think it's similar to like like I like going on roller coasters. Like you like things that make you, you know, maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is some some psychological element of you know some of them are good stories or more complex stories. Um, and you like, you know, seeing how everything, how everything fits together. But I mean, yeah, clearly a lot of people like being scared because horror movies are really (laughs) successful. Haunted houses are super successful. There's clearly a large segment of the population that likes that. Yeah. I'd be very interested to just explore the psychology behind that, but that's for uh, (laughs) another time, another place. Uh, (laughs) I really thought it was interesting when I was looking into this movie, just to kind of see what the initial reaction was. Cause when it came out, we were both kids. So like we Mm -hmm. had no idea of like the impact of this movie, but um, when it actually went on to DVD, it sold 2 million copies within the first 24 hours of being available, which was a record um, in itself people like consumed this movie on such a an alarming and fast uh, rate i think uh, because of the lore behind it of like mm-hmm. oh i'm watching this movie where these people die in 7 days will i also die in 7 days but if if you're attracted to that like why i just don't understand the rationale <laughs> uh, how do you like why would you want to watch something if you think it could impact you in that way like do people want the the terror in their life i so it reminds me of i went to see this play once that my friend was directing and i didn't really know what it was about but it's very much it's like a psychological play about a serial killer and the premise is that this guy is like giving a presentation about this serial killer and then as it goes on, basically it like starts to make the audience think that the serial killer is in the room somewhere. And you start thinking more and more like, oh, my God, is this real? Like, you know, logically that it's not real. But some part of you can't help but thinking, like, is this real? Is there a real serial killer in this room right now? So yeah. I do. And I did really enjoy it. I mean, it scared the shit out of me, but I enjoyed the play. <laughs> and like, I think there is some element of even though you logically know that it isn't real. There's something attractive about the, you know, Oh, but what if it is, even if, yeah, that the thing you obviously don't want it to be real because if it's real, you're going to die. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. But also on top of that, like all of the people who did consume it, like out of all of those people, 85% of them said that they really love this movie. Like it has a, it has pretty great Google reviews and Amazon reviews. Um, it still holds up even though it was like 18 years ago. Um, I did find it funny and I did make a point to look into like what the newspapers and columnists said about this movie when it first came out. If you don't mind me sharing those with you. (laughs) Um, The wall street journal said that the, uh, that in quotes, watching the ring won't kill you, but it could bore you half to death. Oh, okay. (laughs) So they didn't really love that. Uh, (laughs) I did like this one though. Um, Time magazine said that this movie was edgy, watchable, um, but one of the ones that makes you more squeamish than screamish. Like, were you more Mm. squeamish than scared in this? Because there's a lot of imagery that, like, it just like itself seems a little bit more like gory. At least for me. So I, I kind of agreed with that. But how did you interpret this movie? Was it more screamish or squeamish for you? Um, I don't know. There are definitely some squeamish parts, which I am definitely susceptible to. Um, I don't do blood or gore or anything. But I don't know if it's really... It's not really a scream movie, I would say. Like, there aren't a ton of, you know, like, jump scares and things like that that are, are going to prompt 
literal screaming from the audience, but I think it's more, there's like a psychological fear to it. Yeah. I wouldn't think uh, of it as be. it's not overly gory though. I don't think, um, it's not like one of the saw movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. With that being said, um, on a scale of one to 10, how many spooks would you get at 10 being like, this really creeps you out. And then one just being like, Oh, it was okay. I can watch it. Um, I'm going to have to say like an eight because it, really does feel like it scarred me for life watching it as a child. So that needs to give it some major uh, scare points, but watching it back now as an adult, it doesn't, it seems more minimal on the scare factor. So I'll take, I'll take a couple points off for that. Yeah. Did you have any flashbacks when you were watching it though? You're like, I remember this used to terrify me, this particular scene. I mean, just anything where the girls like, yeah, climbing out of the TV, that was the the worst imagery for me as a kid and still still some PTSD about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and understandable too. I don't think like you ever really get over that trauma that you think that you're experiencing from watching these movies <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> yeah. My brother also used to tell me that I looked like the girl, um, Samara, whatever her name is in the movies. So oh my God. also didn't really help matters. <laughs> do you, do, do, did you you look like her or no I mean, no i just had brown <laughs> hair and she has br- like dark hair so that's that's we're the both only white girls with dark hair that was the end of the similarity <laughs> i mean i guess that's all you really need <laughs> uh, yeah i would also give this movie about eight because it was uh it was scary when i was a kid i still think it's sort of scary i'm not scared mm-hmm. of it as an adult but i think um if you had never watched it before and you're like just the average movie watcher you would be sort of scared by this movie yeah um, i would agree with that yeah and it's a good it's a good watch there's nothing really um terrible about this movie the the acting's pretty good um i haven't really seen a lot of uh naomi watts films um so this is like one of the few that i can recall that she's in but she does a great job i think and i think the rest of the cast um really does a good job about like driving the story without it feeling kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah i'd agree with that um was there anything in the movie that you hated or didn't understand before we kind mm-hmm. of move on it's hard to reflect back now of like, if anything, since I've seen it, you know, multiple times at this point, if it, if it doesn't really make sense, I think it's, it's a pretty easy to, to follow plot. Yeah, definitely. I think the only thing that still, even after seeing it a few times that I don't quite understand is her son has like a psychic connection. He has like some sort of powers. I feel like they could have done something better with that Mm -hmm. because I don't think it was like fully understood. You like got hints, but uh, it was kind of hard to understand like why it was happening and and what this meant um, Mm -hmm. while you're watching. I don't know if you felt that way at all, but yeah, I would agree with that actually, especially, yeah, you think if he had, if his mother knew that he had some type of psychic capabilities, that it'd be, there'd be more of a, a big deal being made around that, or that would be more yeah. of an emphasis. But yeah, instead it's kind of a, a minor, um, mm-hmm. more minor thing. And just jumping off of the ring in general, what would you do if you only had seven days to live, Paige? <laughs> Um, like in the pan in now in the pandemic times or just in the, in the normal, (laughs) um, you know what, can you give me an answer for both? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure. I guess if I only have seven days to live now, I'm just going to do all the stuff. I mean, who cares? I'm just going to like go hug all my friends and go see my family. And that's about it. You know, all the things that I've been wanting to do for the past seven months or whatever it's been. Um, (laughs) I guess, yeah, I mean, probably similar in the normal times, like, I'd go back and see my family, um, I mean, I guess ideally I'd like, if if possible, I'd like to go, you know, I wouldn't want to go somewhere too far because that's going to take up some travel time, but, like, maybe go to some mountainous destination that I've never been to before, um, yeah. but also maybe if I only had seven days to live, I wouldn't care about that so much, and I'd just want to, like, be with my family at, like, our family's farm or whatever, yeah, uh, that's probably more realistic to if I only had, you know, seven days to live, I probably wouldn't care about getting that last vacation in. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like that would be like the last thing in your mind. To yeah. Be. I mean, it would be cool to see something you've never seen before, but with that limited time, you're like, uh, I need to be a little bit more conscientious. Maybe you've had like six months to live. <laughs> yeah. I feel <laughs> like traveling. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. I've, I've expressed what my plan would be to you is I would blow all of my money on renting like right. a house and flying people I knew out to see me and spend time with like close by that would be, be doable for everybody that I wanted to have like one last hurrah with. And then mm-hmm. like I would like to perish somewhere really pretty. So like on yeah. like a mountainside or something like that with some Fleetwood Mac playing in the background. <laughs> Very scenic farewell. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the ring girl could reach me out there if there's no TV though. So I mean, that, that might be an advantage. You got to go somewhere, go somewhere without, uh, without TVs. I mean, knowing plot twists and movies, there's somebody who's camping in that yeah. area and with there's like a, a little portable TV. <laughs> yeah. or like they have an RV or something with a TV in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you could try to go to a high summit on the mountain, but I think she'll still sort of somehow get up there, um, whether she's crawling or not. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. If you're, if, if the ring were real, then she'd, she'd find you no matter what. She would. There's no escaping Samara. I like that name, by the way. I feel like more people need to name their, their daughter Samara. Well, no one's going to name their daughter Samara now. <laughs> I, mean, I guess everybody associates that name with the ring, though, so... Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't like that doesn't come to mind when I hear that name. I think it's like some sort of pretty exotic name that I, I've never could quite put where it belongs in the, uh, lexicon of people. (laughs) Um, so just jumping off of all of this, what is, uh, I'm kind of curious to try to ask my guests this question. Um, what is your most cherish Halloween memory or costume. It could be either of those, but I really kind of want to understand your connection to the holiday, whether it's a memory that you had or a costume that you wore that brought you joy. Um, hmm. I, I feel like I had a lot of good costumes as a kid because my mom and my grandma would always make them for me. So I, I remember dressing up like Mulan and really liking that costume and dressing up like Pippi Longstockings and like I had my hair sticking <sighs> out in the braids um, definitely a good Halloween. Like the thing that I always think about as being kind of special with Halloween is that there was a house in my neighborhood that they would, um, they would just like grill a bunch of hot dogs and they'd just get, um, they'd get big coolers that had orange soda in it that they would buy from McDonald's. <sighs> so you'd like, and it was like halfway between my neighborhood growing up was like a circle. So it was like kind of opposite the circle of where my parents live. So like halfway through your trick-or-treating experience, you could get a hot dog and some McDonald's orange soda. And that was just always such a nice, uh, nice Halloween thing. I mean, that's super special. I, I mean, I would, I wish I had that when I was growing up, no one was giving <laughs> out hot dogs or soda. Like, yeah, I don't think they do it any more. I think my parents' neighborhood has got like kind of lame with Halloween, but they always did that yeah. when I was a kid. So it was always I mean, nice. Nowadays, a lot of people have allergies that somehow they figure out that they have um, and uh, restrict their kids from eating certain things. So I don't think it would (laughs) uh, work. Yeah. (laughs) Who's allergic to hot dogs? I guess maybe the buns if they have like wheat in them. Yeah, that's true. But you can always, I mean, would they give you just the dog? (laughs) Were there plates? Probably. I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember eating hot dogs and getting orange soda from McDonald's. (laughs) Uh, You said you were Pippi Longstocking one year. Mm -hmm. Do you have a picture of that? Because I would be very interested in seeing that. (laughs) I'm sure there's a picture somewhere at my parents' house, but not, I mean, I don't have a picture like in my possession right now. (laughs) So... Uh, this part of the podcast, I think you said that you've listened to the podcast before, right? Yes. We're going to move on to one of my favorite segments, but because we are talking about monsters, I sort of tweaked it a little bit. Um, it's called Ookie or Spooky, um, but it's Monster Edition. So this week, I'm going to ask you your opinion on monsters. These monsters will be both from the media and from politics. Because a <laughs> uh, little-known fact about Paige is she's pretty well-read on on kind of things that are going in the government and policy, and she's active with people on, on their campaign. So she's, she's a good resource for any sort of information um, when it comes to politics. So I wanted to Thank throw you. in some uh, politics political monsters to, um, to <laughs> there the are list. many of those right now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so if you, if you're okay with them or you like them, you can say they're ooky. Um, and if you hate them and you think they're disgusting or you're freaked out by them, you say they're spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then feel free to kind of throw in any extra opinions or any thoughts that you have when I when I say these. Uh, definitely am just trying to, to get to know you a little bit better, even though I do know you very well already. But Always just, more to learn. <laughs> yeah, there's always more to learn. And then the listeners are also getting to know you as well. So um, I'd like to play this game. Uh, so uh, without further ado, are you ready to play? Of course. Okay. Demons. Spooky. Spooky. Okay. What about leprechauns? I'm going to say ooky. I have no negative perceptions of leprechauns. I did not watch that leprechaun movie. So okay, I'm, I'm cool with leprechauns. They bring you gold. What? They're pots of gold. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, what about <laughs> werewolves? Um, okay. I'm going to go ooky because as we've already established, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and Remus Lupin is a werewolf and he is awesome. So obviously Mm -hmm. there are also bad werewolves in Harry Potter, but I'll, I'll go ooky and give, give Lupin some love. Okay. And since you did love werewolves, were you also team Jacob? Oh, um, no, I, I, I don't ever remember like identifying super hard with one of those teams. I mean, I was super into the books because I was a middle school girl when they came out. So obviously yeah. I think I liked Edward more than, than Jacob though. Okay. Um, vampire speaking of Edward. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I'll go spooky vampires. I'm not, I don't do blood. So blood sucking. I'm out. Yeah. What about witches? Witches, witches are ooky. Witches are, you know, great, women strong strong spooky women or strong yeah women. <laughs> yeah uh bigfoot bigfoot um i'll say ooky i'm not really particularly scared of bigfoot and i i'm into the the myth of bigfoot i can i can get behind some bigfoot stories mm-hmm. i think if i saw bigfoot i'd be more well i'd probably actually be scared but i like to think that i would i would be more impressed than scared yeah, and I'm, Paige likes to hike, so um, I was trying to throw that in there to see kind of what she would do if she was presented with Bigfoot on one of her <laughs> one of her hikes. I think I'd actually be terrified, but I'd like to think that I was just I would be more in awe, you know, think it was cool. But in actuality, I'd probably be scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. What about mummies? Any feelings towards those? Um. I'm going to say spooky for mummies. Again, I don't, their bodies are going to be all gross and decayed, and I, that doesn't sit well with me. That's fair. What about cannibals? Oh, definitely spooky. Cannibals? No, I don't want to think about people <laughs> eating human flesh. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about Mitch McConnell? <laughs> definitely spooky. It's not even a question. <laughs> That's fair. I also sort of thought that was going to be the, the answer. Um, what about the Tiger King? The <laughs> Tiger King. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say spooky because Tiger King. I mean, he does some messed up stuff and abuses some wonderful tigers, so he's he's pretty problematic. He needs to go in the spooky category. Uh, Tucker Carlson. He's um the Fox News uh, reporter, right? Yeah, he's a uh, very very Republican and very very um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't watch Fox News, but I, I have a, a general sense of who he is. So he's definitely going <laughs> in the spooky category. <laughs> uh, Michelle Obama. She's not a monster. I just love her. I just wanted to see what you wanted to say about her. <laughs> she's spooky, of course. Yeah. Team Michelle all the way. She's not spooky yeah. at all. She's great. I love Michelle on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, guys on Bumble. <laughs> guys on bumble um i haven't really had great experiences with online dating so i'm gonna say that i'm gonna give them the spooky category for now i'm i'm calling it quits on online dating <laughs> for the moment so <laughs> they can go in the spooky category <laughs> i'm always curious to know like how people are interacting on on those dating apps so um, i just wanted to throw that in there to see what your real thoughts were <laughs> I mean, I haven't been on any of them for a while. I was a little bit early in the pandemic just for shits and giggles, but I haven't been since like the summer. So I've kind of kind of taken a break just because like dating is so weird and extra complicated right now. Um, But yeah, you know, not much luck with them to begin with. So (laughs) I'll give them a rating. (laughs) 
Um, before we move on to the next uh, segment, I wanted to ask you, since you are an avid reader, is there any particular book that is sort of Halloween related or in the fantasy genre that you'd recommend for people to read? I read, I'm going to have to double check the name of it. I read not too long ago. It was like a, a young adult book um, that was was kind of spooky. It was um, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I think they might have made it into a movie. Um, yeah. The, the book, it's like, it's spooky, but it's it's light. Like, it's not really scary. It's just a little a little creepy. And it's it's a young adult book, so it's not, you know, not not too intense. But it's it's a nice, like, if you just want, like, a light, um, spooky Halloween-y read. I'm sure there's other ones, too, that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, it's not exactly my go-to genre, but definitely, you know, if it's a, a good book, I'm, I'm into it. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. So uh, if you guys are looking for something, definitely go ahead and look into that. Um, I It's not technically a Halloween-related book, but it is in the fantasy genre, which I kind of associate with mm-hmm. Halloween anyway. Um, the Percy Jackson series mm-hmm. is pretty good. It's an easy read. That's why I only recommend it to people. If you're interested in like mythology and stuff like that, I, I would say like look into that since mm-hmm. you, know, you, can, you can knock out those books pretty quickly, and there's a lot of them, so... Yeah, I never read those, actually, but I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. Paige, before we kind of dive into this terror reading, have you ever had your terror read before? I have. My friend Josh has read my tarot, and the one time he read my tarot, he told me I was going to be very wealthy, so I'm still holding out for that. Okay. <laughs> happened yet, but I'm holding yeah. out. Um, A lot of my readings are more so like directional, situational, so um, definitely don't take it to heart, but um, just to like, I'm going to just kind of explain what you got, kind of go through each and what they mean, and if any of these like resonate with you, feel free to like let me know, just trying to kind of understand the story behind your reading. Um, I did do this reading before calling you though, so um, just to jump into it. Uh, you got the uh, chariot in reverse for your past. Um, for your present, you got the three of swords upright. And then for your future, you got the wheel of fortune upright. So um, this is a pretty interesting reading, and I'm kind of interested to hear if any of this sort of resonates with you, kind of with your life. <laughs> Uh, so jumping into your past, you got the chariot in upright, which this is a green light to move ahead with projects, push past any obstacles that you were dealing with that were impeding your desired outcome. Um, in reverse, this also tells you that this is like the backup truck, or um, as people say, you might want to bang your head against a brick wall trying to push through something that has been um, in your way for a period of time. Uh, did you feel like in the past at all there was a lot of um, opposition or um, lack of progress that you were feeling? Um. I feel like what's coming to my mind with that is I'm thinking of um, like a kind of a personal situation that happened in my past that I thought I was, you know, over and had moved past, but I've been, Mm -hmm. it's just really been weighing on me lately. So I've actually been thinking about like going back to therapy just so that I can, you know, kind of talk to someone about it and kind of work through some of this stuff that I thought I had already worked through. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like that's that that's what I'm thinking of when you say that. So maybe that's a sign that I need to actually like start looking into finding a therapist like I keep saying I'm going to. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this card also is just like a warning that you might be letting obstacles and challenges get in your way. Mm-hmm. Um preventing you from achieving what you're setting out to do it's Mm. it you know it's easy it everything gets hard and you don't know if you have like the will to handle certain things so um if this does resonate with you um you have to just take a moment think about what's going on in your life or what's bothering you what's bothering you or setting you back and uh, kind of refocusing your goals um and this is in your past it could also lead into your current present i'm not sure if uh you feel that way but it sort of sounds like you you kind of do (laughs) yeah no that uh, yes, <laughs> the, that's. I would say that resonates for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, moving on, actually, in the present, you got the Three of Swords upright. And this card has a lot to do with heartbreak, emotional pain, sorrow, grief, um, and hurt that you might be dealing with. Um, when this usually turns up in a tarot reading, though, it signals that you're probably feeling some sort of deep hurt or disappointment in your heart. Um, something has pierced you um, that um, others have either done to you with through hurtful words or actions or intentions. And this in inflicted such an intense emotional pain or sadness or grief or heartbreak in you um, that you're having trouble possibly kind of uh, remedying it or kind of moving past that. Do you feel like that resonates at all in your current time? This could also be COVID related for all we know. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> COVID just got us all stuck and hurt and whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh I feel like this doesn't totally match up. I kind of sure. had like an argument with my mom a few days ago and I was feeling really hurt by that, but now we've already talked about it and I've processed it and moved on. So mm-hmm. it's not really an ongoing concern, but that's kind sure. of the most, most recent and most present thing in my life that it, it makes me think about. Yeah. And the three of swords is also about emotional release. So it is kind of along the lines of what you were saying a little while ago about the, the fight that you had mm-hmm. with a, you know, a family member and you kind of, move past it there's a release of some sort whether you said you know your peace in the situation um but whenever you like suffer a loss or set back or a disappointment um currently it's just like an excellent time to just like let yourself emotions to not like bottle it up just like uh take it on because you can handle it okay so. That's that's just all that card is saying. It's not it's not bad. None of these cards are actually bad, which is I, I can report to you in a in a good way. Um, the future you got was the Wheel of Fortune upright in this card. Great. This this <laughs> sounds this good. You know, it is. It's a lot to do with good luck, karma, life cycles, destiny, um, a turning point of sorts. So in the future, um, this particular card says that the wheel is always turning in your favor and life is in a state of constant change for you. Um, If you were going through a difficult time, uh, you're going to move past it pretty easily. Um, You have a lot of good luck and good fortune coming to you. um, And that that is actually just a return on good karma that you're putting out, um, you know, in the future and presently that you will get in uh, return. As they say, what you put out into the world, you get back. So um, as long as you keep on going through that path of spreading good wealth, good wealth in like, a, you know, emotion and mm-hmm. relationships and um, kindness, uh, you'll only have success moving forward. So okay. does that, does that sound good to you? <laughs> that sounds great. I'm hoping that I'm, I'm, going to interpret that into my professional life. I'm, you know, working on my master's degree right now and also really just working my ass off in my job, but hoping that there will be some professional changes down the line, like hoping Mm -hmm. to get a raise, hoping to, you know, maybe make a transition at work to a position that I think might be a better fit for me. Um, some things like that. So I'm hoping that, you know, all my, all my hard work, I'm hoping that that card is saying that all my hard work will pay off and that those things are in the the not so distant future. Yeah, no, that's definitely what the, this card is like pointing at. So um, as long as you keep trucking along, you should be good to go, which <laughs> I think is well, good. I'm definitely doing the trucking right now. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot on your plate and all you can do is do your best and keep towards your goal and you're doing that. So you have nothing to worry about. So that's your reading. Um, I'm I'm hoping that you enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I like having my tarot read. I think it's a, and it's a cool way to like just kind of reflect on your own life. And you know, I don't know that I necessarily believe like, oh, if you say this, then this will happen. But it's an it's like a nice way to just kind of reflect on you know your own life and your decisions that you're making and whatnot. So. Mm-hmm. Before we kind of wrap this up, I do have a question for you. Um, I'm not too sure if you like dressing up or not, but is there a dream Halloween costume that you always wanted to wear that you haven't had the chance to, but you hope to in the future? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I do like dressing up, but I'm not, I'm not someone who, I'm not normally someone who plans their Halloween costume out, you know, like a year in advance or whatever. Um, so I'm not sure if there's something that, you know, I've just really been wanting to do and haven't, haven't made happen. Um, hmm. yeah, there's not, I don't know. Maybe it's just because this year I'm not as quite as feeling the Halloween spirit as much as normal. Um, 
you know, no Halloween parties and whatnot. I'm not really planning to to dress up much this year. Um, although I am still finding ways to enjoy the enjoy the holiday and the season. But yeah, uh, sorry, I know that's a lame answer, but nothing's coming to mind is like no. something that I would just love to dress up as. <laughs> no, that that's perfectly okay, and that totally understandable. Um, I feel like a lot, no one's really talking about this, but like obviously with everything going on in the world, whether it's the pandemic, the election, all of this, it's easy to say like, oh well, I can't really celebrate it the normal way I do so I don't know if I should put any thought and it's okay if you don't put any thought into this holiday it's it's really just an opportunity for you to uh, feel creative or express yourself and if this yeah. pandemic or reality is getting down on you it's okay to say not this year um, but if you are one of those people that want to celebrate and you don't know what to do there's little things you can do at home to celebrate the Halloween season you can you know carve a pumpkin that's totally safe if you're doing it by yourself <laughs> um, you can could uh, watch a horror movie or a mm -hmm. Halloween movie. You can, you know, do some baking Halloween related. So um, don't also feel discouraged if you do want to celebrate. You just got to do it in a smart way. Yeah, I do have some some outdoor Halloween festivities planned this year, um, but no no costume involved because you know it's outside. It's going to be cold, so <laughs> have to plan something that would uh, involve you know letting you wear a coat. <laughs> No, yeah, that's also a downfall about living in Chicago. It's yes. kind of cold down around this time of year, especially near the end of October. So you have to be very wise about what costume you choose because you might end up cold in spandex, mm -hmm. drunk in Wrigleyville. And that's just not a, a good um, good time for a lot of people, <laughs> especially <laughs> no, when it's cold. generally to be avoided. I mean, last year it snowed on Halloween, so yeah. you never know what you're going to get. So always bring a jacket, even if you don't think it's going to go with your costume. Just bring a jacket because you're going to regret <laughs> not bringing a jacket. When, when it's safe again to go to bars and stuff, um, just bring a jacket. But for now, stay home, carve some pumpkins, uh, watch some Halloween movies, uh, make some apple cider yumminess drink situations. <laughs> Still other, other fun ways you can, you can get festive and get in the, the Halloween spirit. Exactly. So Paige, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is the moment in the podcast where I, I give you the mic and I say, do you have anything to promote such as your social media, such as a special project, or even just something that you're really passionate about that you want people to pay attention to? This is your time to promote. Um, I have kind of been taking a social media hiatus, so I'm not going to promote my social media. Um, what I am going to promote is voting for Joe Biden and making sure that you, you know, early vote if you can, get your ballot in, um, and, you know, definitely do it, you know, by November 3rd. So, Joe Biden, that's who I'm promoting. Yeah. <laughs> and Democrats down the ballot, especially if you are listening to this and you live in a state that's not Illinois, <laughs> where mm -hmm. those Senate races are really going to matter this year. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone suppress your ability to vote. It's a right that you have. Um, it's important that to vote. So I'm definitely with Paige. Vote blue all the way this year. My seconds, my few seconds of promotion to promote him because we got to get Trump out of there. Yeah, definitely. So vote, vote, voting matters. Um, and with that being said, this was the fourth episode of the Spooky Ookie podcast. And we just want to remind you to follow us on social media, such as Instagram at the Spooky Ookie pod. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we also encourage you to share our podcast with your friends, your family, all the ghoulish and spooky people in your life. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And until next time, stay spooky.